When I was a boy, my very favorite game to play was a board game called Thinking Man's Football. This was before the internet. This was before digital games. This was just a plain old board game with a grease pen and some cards and some dice. And it was called Thinking Man's Football. And I loved playing it because, well, first of all, I loved playing it because I did it with my brother most often. And secondly, I enjoyed it because it introduced to me the whole mental piece of the game of football, which is a game that I really enjoyed playing. So now that I think about it, there was dice involved, so there was probably a lot of luck. But I know there were some decisions that you had to make. And because it was removed from the actual field, you couldn't overcome like a bad mental decision by going to over-aggressively physically block or tackle someone. Which, by the way, if you've never done, it's so much fun to run across an open field as fast as you can and then to run into another human being as hard as you can. <laughs> it's a really a good time. You need to try it sometime if you hadn't. But the point is, the game pushed us to use our brains a little bit more than we normally would. And this was a good thing because neither one of us were all that smart. like to think is that this podcast is a thinking person's podcast. Now, to be clear, it doesn't mean I have all the answers. In fact, what I've learned in my life is that the best answers usually lead to good and better questions. And that somehow to be a human being is to live in the middle of answers and questions in the tension of the back and forth of the promise, but also of the vulnerability, of the potential of what's next, but also in the fact that your heart might be broken or you might be confused. There is a certain, I'm not sure what to call it, maybe I'll call it texture in all of that, that a human being is required and invited to live in. To be fully human requires us to live in that texture. I think that the point of Jesus, and yes, I am going to talk about Jesus some on this podcast, I think that the point of Jesus was to show us how to be fully human in the midst of the texture. I don't think that the point of Jesus was to die as some perfect sacrifice, the blood of which pays off God so that we can enter into some everlasting life in another place and time. I don't think that's the point. I think the point is that Jesus shows us how to be human to live in the texture, to flourish, and to love. If there was one explanation for why the wings of the Spirit bothered to hover over the mysterious waters of the deep, if there was one concept to summarize the beauty and complexity of the Incarnation, if there was one word big enough to contain the hope of the Kingdom of Heaven, what would that word be? I think it has to be love. Not kitschy Valentine's card or cheesy romantic comedy or thinly produced four-minute pop song love. Not love is that thing we've packaged, consumed, commodified, and otherwise cheapened. And to be clear, count me chief among those who've cheapened love. 
But no, not that kind of love. Rather, love as in the dark matter that's ubiquitous throughout the furthest reaches of the universe, swirling, fusing, holding everything together. Love is in the waterfall thundering from the highest peaks to the lowest canyons in pathos and humility, as in the elderly man stooping over at glacial speed to kiss his bride of sixty years as she lay in the hospice bed, as in the newborn in the crook of her mama's neck resting nursed, fully content, as in those who are willing to rethink everything for the sake of others, as in vulnerability with no assurance of safety, as in the refusal to scapegoat one more person, love, as in one who gives up power to identify with the powerless. Yes, to whatever it is we've begun to identify in all of the above, then again, maybe we should quit while we're ahead, if one could even say we're ahead. Maybe we should stop trying to identify. Maybe the more we attempt to identify and define, the more elusive love becomes. Maybe love knows of our obsession for taxonomy and certitude and certainty and our need to find a rock for our faith. And yes, it is a rock, but less like that which brings stability and more like that upon which all ideas break upon, leaving us like the waves detonating upon the massive promontories of the Pacific Northwest, broken and breathless, shattered in wonder and beauty. Ah, maybe no one word can get at what we're trying to express, or perhaps every word gets at it. Who can say? But I asked the question, so I gotta stick with it. What if there was only one word? What would that word be? It has to be. It must be love. Love is the singularity out of which all that is, is born. Our origin is love, period. Nothing else. Our origin is not sin. It's love. We don't have to be known as original sin people. No, we're original love people. For if we start with the problem, it reduces the Son of God, the embodiment of love, to a fix of the problem. But humanity isn't a problem to be fixed. It's a mess of motives, dreams, hopes, failures, brokenness, and glory to be celebrated and loved. By the way, you're not a problem to be fixed. Regardless of what the religious people say, you're someone to be celebrated and loved. But there's a problem with love. That's right. I said there's a problem with love. Love's not whole. For love's been exposed. It's been wounded. Love's been forsaken. In other words, God's been exposed, wounded, and forsaken. So to enter into a discussion about God is to be open to being forsaken. It's uncertain. And this is so much of what I want to say throughout this podcast. You cannot fill a hole with uncertainty. The thing we call God is love, and love is broken. Listen to my friend Peter Rollins say it this way. Um, And rather, the one is not at one with itself. And when we grasp that, uh, that is where we find ourselves actually in unity with the one, because we are not at one with ourselves. The, The absolute is ruptured, and so that's where... Uh, salvation lies. Love is upside down, and the joy is continually finding new ways to become upside down with love, which means new ways to be confused, new ways to embrace the woundedness of love. How could we ever fully figure out something that's the essence of all that is, but that's fundamentally flawed? And love is fundamentally flawed. Again, Peter Rollins. That in, in most religions and standard confessional religion, I am separate from the one. 
I'm separate from God, whether it's an illusion or reality. And I want to return to God. And I feel that lack. But in Christianity, there's this notion that Christ experiences the absence of God, right? God feels the lack of God. And so when you feel the lack, when you feel that darkness, when you're in that pit of despair, you're actually with Christ on the cross. That that is when you are most at one with the one. Yes, when you feel despair, you're most at one with the capital O, one. That is love. That is God. And all of us are living in very interesting times right now. I don't pretend to know your situation. It's crazy, isn't it? Probably like me, you've been thinking throughout the week and all of a sudden you stumble upon a new scenario that COVID-19, coronavirus, the pandemic touches in a new and an interesting way and you start to play out where it goes and it's, it's really unbelievable. So there's a lot of anxiety and stress and I don't need to minimize any of that. But there's also the opportunity to think about this thing in a way that this thing that's trying to conform us and press us and to reapproach it in a way that would allow it to transform our view of God, to rehabilitate our view of God. And honestly, there's no better rehabilitation than to once again recapture the idea that God is love. Which brings me back to thinking man's football, I think. Because what was really going on with that game was that it was giving the opportunity for two boys to hang out together, to be together, to express love. It was just a game, it was just a vehicle that brought us together. And in some ways, I, there's no chance I can compare a worldwide pandemic to a board game. But in some ways, the pandemic is bringing us together. It's helping us to recapture, to re-identify, to rehabilitate our idea of what life is really about, what is meaningful and what isn't meaningful. And some of us might be tempted to say, oh, this thing is stealing our lives. But in some ways, it's not. It's actually given us an opportunity to have a life because it's reintroducing the struggle to us and reminding us of the texture of humanity and of the beauty of what it means to live in that texture and that God is with us no matter what. I can't tell you right now if I really believe for sure that God can fix this in the way that I used to think of some objective God out there coming into my situation and fixing it, partly because I no longer think of him being outside and objective. I think of him being inside in a very interior, micro kind of subjective space. So he's already here with us, experiencing it right along with us. So I don't really know what's going to happen. And it's a bit cliched, but I think it's true. We've, we've never been promised that life would be perfect. We have been promised that love will be with us no matter what. Well, thanks for being with me on this journey. 
And I should mention that throughout this season, I'm going to try to weave in some audio sound bites from some different conversations that I've had, principally with four other people. Uh, Dr. Julia Robinson Moore, who's a professor at UNC Charlotte. Uh, Dr. James Allison, who is a gay Catholic theologian, currently one of my very favorite theologians. You've already heard from Peter Rollins. He's a, um, well, he's a, a Irish philosopher, though I think he lives in L.A. right now. Fortunately, he hasn't lost his accent yet, so that's cool. And then there's uh, Cindy Wang Brandt, who's a podcaster and an author of a book called Parenting Forward. She has a online children's parents uh, church workshop coming up at the end of April that I would encourage you to check it out. Uh, anyhow, I'm going to try to pull from those different conversations and weave them in at different times, though I am pretty confident at this point I'm going to run out of time or creativity to make that all work exactly like I want, but I'm going to give it a shot, and they all have really good things to say. Now, I should say that I'm not necessarily saying that each of these four individuals agrees with every single thing that I think or all the conclusions that I'm drawing. I think most of them would agree with most everything I'm saying, but um, I really appreciate them giving me the license to use parts of the things that they say uh, to enforce some of the things that I am believing. Um, but you're going to have to go listen to them and read them to really get the gist of what they believe. And I encourage you to do that because all of them have incredibly amazing things to say and are further along in the journey than I am in many respects. So I really appreciate their time, and I hope that you'll find out more about them. And now my least favorite time of the podcast. It's where I have to ask you to like, to follow, to star, to leave a review. I hope you'll do that. That seems to be important for other people to see that. Also to let you know, you can find me on Amazon. On Facebook, I'm Jonathan Foster. Author is my little tagline name. And on Amazon, I should say, my latest book, thank you for those who have been interacting with that. For a while, it was a number one Kindle bestseller, which was cool. Of course, now it's way back down to a pedestrian, like 13,000 or something. I don't even know. But um, I was cool there for a couple of weeks. And who knows, maybe if a bunch of you went out and bought a few copies... It might shoot back up, but no pressure or anything. Hey, and now for my favorite part of the podcast, because basically I do this whole thing to just give me an excuse to have to write music. So we're fixing to hear some of that. Thanks again for joining me. I know we're in a really difficult time right now in the life of our culture. You may be facing some unprecedented things. I'm praying with you to the best of my ability that we would all intentionally take captive our thoughts that, that want to tempt us to despair, that we'd listen to them and then gently lay them down and choose hope and love and choose God. God bless.